SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. 24 to 1, team that made the AFC title game last year, and now you're getting, you know, monster odds. I'll take my chances they repeat and really a mediocre AFC. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday, September 11th. Yes, sadly, 9-11. Yours truly, sending it for the next two glorious hours. Thank you your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well. Right here again on a Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetz. So, well, the chefs are cooking. Lakers are draining. Dolphins staying inside. Dog day afternoon. Down goes Serena. This singer has the right tunes. Who's Bobby Dalbeck? Uh, first of a seven-pack. Send Chris to the paddock. Fitz ready to give it up if. And a nice Christmas present this year. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets. Right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday, September 9th. Well, the football season came last night, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if it was just the game or it was just the atmosphere uh, or or the stuff before the game. There was a, uh, you know, pardon the pun here with all the fires going on on the West Coast, which is just crazy, just absolutely crazy. But there, there was a cloud over everything yesterday. I, I tell you, in a day that was supposed to be the greatest sports day, literally, in the history of our country, I mean, we had everything, right? We had NFL, college football, NHL, NBA, uh, MLS, WNBA. Uh, there was one more. We had the golf, and there was a, one more, a couple more that I'm forgetting. I mean, they were all in action. And yet there was, you know, overtime, Dallas and Vegas was probably the most competitive game. It, it was, it did not live up to expectations last night. We'll get to it all. Vegas and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel on this Friday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Third down and goal. In the pocket. Over the middle. And that will 
will be caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. They just clear space down the field, and all they're trying to do is create a little separation. And A.J. Moore out there trying to cover one-on-one. You'll see Robinson push it up the field, and then here comes Kelsey right in behind him. NBC with the call last night out of Bagels and Bad Beach Friday morning. You're truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time as the chefs open up the football season. And really, we should give them their due. They, Scott, let it go. We, you know, they did win a Super Bowl last night. Let, it, let them be the Chiefs. I don't know. They'll always be the chefs. You know, the, the Bungles will always be the Bungles. You know, the Cowgirls will always be the Cowgirls. So Kansas City beats Houston last night 34-20 in a game that was not as close as maybe you would think that score would indicate. Uh, it, it was the most lopsided 10-point lead at halftime for Kansas City in any football game I think I ever seen. Uh, I'm not sure which team was more pathetic last night, but if you are a Houston sports fan, man, my sympathies go out to you. Uh, the uh, Astros lose. Uh, the uh, Chefs or uh, the, the Chefs beat the Houston Texans, and uh, the Lakers beat the uh, the Houston Rockets, 110-100. Uh, and, and similar to Kansas City and Houston in football, that 10-point differential in that Laker game is not indicative of how close that maybe uh, represents because that was a blowout from start to finish. Houston did make a little bit of a run to cut it to five, actually, in the final minute, but uh, Lakers pulled away, and they win and cover by, by 10. Just a pathetic, just, just absolutely, between the Texans and Rockets, my goodness. I'll excuse uh, the Astros, uh, you know, put a fork in them, basically. But, man, oh, man, I mean, I don't, I don't, how do you start the NFL season? National TV against a team that you had a double-digit lead on last year in the postseason, and you let it slip away. You get embarrassed last year. You get the opportunity on national TV to go up against them again. And while they did open up with a 7 nothing lead, that's only because of good fortune, because the Chefs actually scored a touchdown on their first drive, but it was called back because of penalty, and they could not score. Houston gets the football. They march down the field. Their best drive, really, uh, when it was a competitive game, they grab a 7-0 lead. Then they promptly give up 31 straight points. The Houston offense, nowhere to be found for basically three quarters. Midway through the fourth quarter, they put a couple of, oh, by the way, touchdowns on the board. You know, they get the onside kick, and maybe they would even have gotten the backdoor cover. But th this game was just over. I, I, just an awful performance. Just embarrassingly bad. Whether it was offense, defense, they give up a 91-yard drive, a 17-play drive. I, I mean, just awful by the Texans. You know, Pat Mahomes was Pat Mahomes. Three touchdown passes, only threw for 211 yards, but he got three TDs. Uh, Clyde Edwards Solaire, the rookie running back they got, you know, 138 yards rushing, one TD. He looked phenomenal. He stands about five foot nothing and 30, 130 pounds soaking wet, but he was zipping through that Texan secondary uh, like a, you know, a hot uh, knife through butter. And really, uh, once Kansas City spotted Houston a seven nothing lead, that that was it. Again, it was only 17 seven. And if you wanted to look for a turning point, although this game really didn't have one because the Houston offense was just so bad. For three and a half quarters, it's only when Kansas City took their foot off the pedal did Houston score a couple of touchdowns again late. Um, but if there was a turning point, it was Houston down 14-7. They try a 51-yard field goal, which I don't blame them for. It's the NFL. You know, college, maybe you think twice about it. But in the NFL, you got to make 51-yard field goals. You just do. Because, honestly, we all would be ripping Bill O'Brien if Houston decided to punt there. 
So they try a 51-yard field goal. They don't get it. They, in turn, gives Kansas City the football at their own 41-yard line. They march down the field in the final 30 seconds. They get the field goal. So instead of Houston being down 14-10 and maybe feeling good about themselves, you know, less than a score down after really being dominated for the entire first half, they're now down 10. Not an insurmountable lead, as, you know, obviously Houston found out last year. But it was just that six-point swing that, you know, again, I don't necessarily believe there was a turning point. But if you want to circle one, maybe that was it. Uh, You know, instead of being down four, they were down 10. And, uh, you know, Casey never looked back in the second half, seemingly scoring at will. And, you know, Houston was nowhere to be found for three and a half quarters. And it was, like I said, it was only when Kansas City up 31-7, took their foot off the pedal, Gave up two late touchdowns, and uh, you know we got our bagels. Although actually, it's a uh, it's a chocolate chip cookie, but you know we'll pretend we got our bagels and we got our bad beat last night. We were on the under. We played a little hunch. I just didn't think, you know, with any preseason games and no scrimmages, watching some of the college football last weekend, you know, the offenses, albeit with minor conferences playing, uh, but still the offenses weren't there, weren't in sync, and I, I just kind of thought that Kansas City and Houston would have a similar plight here, that the offenses just wouldn't be there. And it looked good. I mean, listen, you know, 17-7 at the half, um, you know, that's less than halfway to the 53-and-a-half number it was. And it was only because Houston came alive with those 2-0 by the ways. And then they do an onside kick with two minutes and change left. Kansas City recovers. They march down the field. And with 19 seconds left, and or excuse me, with 30 seconds left, instead of just taking a knee, like he could have. I mean, it's not a bad, you know, it's not like with five or 10 seconds left. Uh, but with 30 seconds left, instead of, you know, taking a knee or even maybe trying to go for it from the one and a half, two yard line, Kansas City kicks a 19 yard field goal and they win it 34 20 versus 31 20. The difference that pushed it to an over. And that's your bad beat of the day. So uh, the over-under was 53-and-a-half. So if you were holding on to under tickets, if you didn't buy that half a point, and I always tell people, buy the half a point whenever you can. Always, 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 especially if it's on a magic number. And not that 54 is a magic number, but it is a number that, you know, 34-20. That that's exactly uh, what I was thinking when I thought about that. You know, there's, there's a little difference there. and It's not like a 7, you know, or a point spread 3, but, you know, 54 and a half to 55, no big deal. You know, 55 to 55 and a half, 56, no big deal. But 53 and a half to 54, when there is a prominent score that could be in play, 34 20, you go ahead and take it. Uh, so hopefully you did that last night, but otherwise that was a tough one. Uh, that, that was a tough one. It wasn't an awful decision, but, you know, listen, Kansas City could have gone for it on fourth down. I didn't think they were going to take a knee, but I just figured they would at least go for it from the two yard line versus actually trying to kick the field goal. So. Kansas City wins 34-20. We'll get into all the other, you know, pregame stuff here in a second. But let me get to the Lakers and Houston Rockets. Uh, Boy, Houston, the Rockets, they trail by double digits two minutes into the game. Uh, I mean, just an awful, same thing, you know, much like the Texans. Life is on the line. Uh, The Lakers and LeBron, anyway, I shouldn't say the Lakers, but LeBron has never blown a 3-1 series lead. Houston has to know. They lose this game. This series is over for all intents and purposes. They're not beating LeBron three straight times. It's just not happening, okay? So they should, you would think, come out flying, right? I mean, you think you'd be all pumped up. Your season's basically on the line. Uh, You know, you got a great audience because everyone's at the TV sets watching the football game. They're going to flip over to you every once in a while. Not that that should play a major role, but, I mean, you know, listen, they haven't been in the bubble that, that, that long 
but clearly it looked like they run out of gas. I mean, they were down, like I said, double digits just a couple of minutes into the game. Looked absolutely lethargic. I mean, just brutal basketball. And another dopey decision last night by Mike D'Antoni. I, I tell you, I actually, I like him. I like his style. I don't know him, mind you, but, you know, I've always rooted for his teams, whether those Phoenix Suns teams, whether it was here in New York with the Knicks. Um, you know, I like the fact he goes up and down the basketball court. I wish his teams would play a little bit more defense, but, you know, for the most part, I'm not an anti-Mike D'Antoni guy. I'm not, but he did it again last night. I, I just don't understand these coaches. I mean, I, are they just complete bozos or what? You know, it's 24-21 in the first quarter, right? You, know, you rally back a little bit after an early hole. Got yourself back in the game. And there was a close foul call, and he challenges it. And I'm sitting there watching it saying, what are you doing? It's the first quarter. And I don't understand how the announcers, you know, Stan Van Dumby last night was the one doing the game. I just don't understand how these head coaches that are doing these games on TV don't say something. Like, you only have one challenge. Why in the world would you ever use it in the first quarter? You know how these officials are. They're horrible. They're going to make a gazillion bad pulls. Why would you use your only bullet in the first quarter? It just doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Bagel the bad beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Made that play off the dribble. During the regular year, the Rockets, on average, made 16 threes a game as Green hammers one. Scott Wetzel sitting in. We'll open up the phones here in a little bit. 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. TNT with the uh, call there last night as uh, the uh, L.A. Lakers uh, moved a step closer to reach into the Western Conference Finals. uh, uh, Finals draining the uh, Houston Rockets 110-100. Our poll question is out. You want to follow me on Twitter? It is at Opposite Picks. Listen, I'll be the first to do it. Uh, maybe I'm not the first. I don't know. But I'll, you know, first to say it here anyway. And that is, uh, how many games will Kansas City win this football season? You know, uh, as opposed to this basketball season. Are, are they going to go undefeated? Uh, I put undefeated uh, 15 or uh, 14 or 15, uh, 11 to 13 or 10 or less. So 10 or less, 11, 12, 13. 14 or 15, or will they go undefeated? Uh, go check out my uh, Twitter feed, at Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S, and we'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the show. And we'll break down the Kansas City schedule. Uh, it's not that difficult. It really isn't. They have three obstacles, uh, four if you're a Dolphins fan. So we'll get to that. But I got to tell you, out of all the things that occurred last night, right, we, we got the, the, the Chefs beating the, the Texans. 
You got, uh, you know, great uh, overtime hockey game. Dallas beating Vegas 3-2 to go up two games to one. You got a slew of baseball stuff. You got Mookie Betts playing second base. Uh, you got uh, near no hitter last night in baseball. You got Serena, unfortunately, losing over at the U.S. Open. And, and you got all the social stuff uh, on the field last night with the football. But you, honestly, you know what bothers me the most? And I say that like I, I'm never not honest with you guys. But it really what, what bugs me more than anything else last night with all nine sports, nine sports going on yesterday, MLS, WNBA, NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL, golf, tennis, college football even. What really just bugs me to know, and when I went to bed last night, I, I, I cannot get over the NBA head coach. I, I just, I don't get it. I, we have seen these NBA officials just be awful. Just be awful. Every day the NBA comes out with its two-minute report, which I absolutely love. I, I love the transparency that the NBA has, and I love the fact that we don't go gaga crazy over it. We know these officials have it tough. They really do. And they make phantom calls. There's no two ways about it. And again, they, they said last night that, uh, you know, the Celtics, for all intents and purposes, should have won. Kemba Walker got fouled with four seconds left. They didn't call it. You know, so they admit when they're wrong. Kudos to the NBA for doing that. I just, But I just don't understand. This year, on a trial basis, they've given the NBA head coaches the right to challenge one time. One time. Win, lose, draw. They have one opportunity. One ace up their sleeve. One bullet left in their chamber. You pick the expression. They have one opportunity to challenge a call. And we've seen these head coaches time after time after time after time use these challenges, not in the fourth quarter, not when there's, you know, three, four minutes left, not when there's, oh, I don't know, 30 seconds left, not in the third quarter, hell, not even in the second quarter. We've seen these crazy head coaches use these challenges in the first quarter, and we saw it again last night with Mike D'Antoni. I just don't understand that. I, I don't get it. I mean, there's a gazillion bad calls in the NBA every single game. Now, I know in the final two minutes of the game, the NBA referee has the ability to go to review, but you get that challenge the whole time on personal foul calls. So even if there's five seconds left, you can challenge that. You know, it's not like the NFL where the NFL kind of takes over the challenge rules with a couple of minutes left. The NBA, no, you still have the right to challenge a personal foul call with, with again, five, 10 seconds left. Now, there was not a play in the fourth quarter that I saw, you know, because it was a blowout game. So it did not come into play last night. But, you know, they didn't know that. It's 24-21 in the first quarter. Your life is on the line, and you're going to use a challenge in the first quarter. What's the difference? Well, I, I don't understand. You don't have 10, Mike D'Antoni. You don't get another challenge if you get this one right. You only have one. It's the NBA. No bouncing allowed. I mean, I, you know, figure out a phrase. Why would you use the challenge in the first quarter? And I don't understand how the announcers... You know, the head coaches in particular, and even the play-by-play -play guys, why can't they? You know, Mike Breen brought it up the other day uh, when, it, when it came up, and, and uh, Jeff Van Dumby and Mark Jackson didn't want any part of that conversation. They went to break, and they came back, and they wanted no, they were not going to rip a fellow head coach. And maybe that's my answer. They won't bring it up because there's no logical reason. Nobody, I don't care if you're a three-year-old or a 93-year-old, nobody in their right mind is going to use their one challenge in the first quarter of an NBA game when we all know 
It doesn't matter what happens for the first three quarters of NBA games. I mean, it's just stupid. It is. I, I just, I, I don't get it. And that's what bugging me the most about last night. It's not the football. It's not the hockey. It's not the tennis. It's not the, you know, any other baseball. It's why. I, I mean, I really, I would like to sit Mike D'Antoni down. He did it the other day. I told you about this. He did it the other day as well with James Harden. First quarter. You know, if six minutes into the game, in a 10-9 game, he's using his only challenge. And in that game, game number three, it did come back to haunt him because there was a personal foul against LeBron that was not called that if he would have had his challenge in the final two minutes, he could have used it. And it was a close game. I, I, I just, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And, you know, I bring it up because these guys are regarded as like geniuses. Oh, they're so much smarter than you and I, Scott. Oh, you got to respect them. They know more about the game. My, my butt, they do. They don't know. They don't know more about the nuances of the game. James Harden does not know more about the nuances of the game because if he did in game three, he wouldn't have been calling for a challenge six minutes into the game. Same thing last night. You know, you, if you think it's smart to use a challenge in the first quarter, when you only have one, you don't know more about the nuances in the game. You give me a gambler. You give me a Houston Rockets fan that wanted them to use that challenge in the first quarter last night like they did in game three. No way. That that Rockets fan, that NBA fan, that gambler knows more about the nuances of the game, game management, than those head coaches. Now, I've said it before for those who used to listen to me over at the three-letter network. $10,000 a game. That's my fee. That's my fee for me running your football team, your basketball team, your baseball team. $10,000. And if you think I'm joking, I'm not. I'm not. And if you think, well, Scott, who's going to do that? Well, the answer is nobody. But that's why coaches get fired left and right all the time. That, that's why in the NFL, you have generally between four and ten coaches fired every single year. Why? Because they don't know X's and O's? No. Because they don't know, uh, you know how to, to help out with, with the game plans? No, because they're bozos when it comes to game management. They have no clue how to run a clock. They have no idea when to go for two, not go for two. Go for it on fourth down, not go for it on fourth down. Throw a challenge, not throw a challenge. They are clueless. They have so many things wrapped up in their brain. That's why they have offense and defensive coordinators. That's why the offensive coordinator calls the plays. If I was a head coach in the NFL, I would never in a million years, never, ever, ever, allow someone else to call the plays. I want to be in control it, it, because they have no idea. And if you think 10,000 a game is a lot, you know what? One or two wins, which I guarantee you, I will get these mediocre teams. And you give me a 500 football team or worse, and I guarantee you me being in charge of that team, I'll get them at least one more win because a lot, I won't say most, a lot of these games, football in particular and basketball, it just comes down to clock management and when to call timeouts, when not to, when to call challenges. It, it really does. That's why Belichick is the genius. It's not because he's smarter X's and O's than anybody else. Uh, and, and not to mention he likes to bend the rules a little bit. It's because he's terrific in clock management. He's terrific in game management. He knows when to go for it on fourth down. He knows when to punt. He knows when to do all these things that most coaches just don't. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. And so that's what pissed me off more than anything else last night. Mike D'Antoni. Calling a challenge in the first quarter of a three-point game. Crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Football, again, you know, listen. To phrase it that we don't care is wrong. Uh, but I do believe, you know, Chris Collins were tried to say that last night. And, and uh, 
I'm happily surprised that he wasn't taken to task on the Twitter world, which we all know was on a different universe. But they went through all the situations with the anthem and everything else with NBC, and and, uh, Kansas City came out and lined up at the goal line. Houston Texans decided to stay inside. Uh, Then once both anthems were done, then the Texans came out, and then they joined with uh, the chefs in unity uh, at the 50-yard line, just a long line you know, going up and down the football field, uh, a moment of silence. Uh, for a moment of unity, as they called it. Uh, and, and actually, the 16,000 or so fans that were there were booing. They were uh, that moment of unity, which I'll get to in a second. So um, Collinsworth then was asked by Al Michaels, as they've been discussing it, you know, there's just the whole social unrest and everything else that's going on. And, and he just said kind of flatly, like, you know what, Let, let's just play football. Uh, you know, he, he said he's all, he's 100% his words behind the football players and what they want to do and everything else. But, uh, just kind of a flat, cold, let's play football. And then they showed him. They, they were showing him and, 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 and uh, Michaels in the booth. I don't know if he knew if he was on camera or not. But after he said that, he had this just deadpan, just look on the football field, expressionless for about, I don't know, you know, four or five seconds, which, you know, in most people's world is nothing. But when you're on TV, it seems like an eternity. And it just wasn't a good look. It just, you know, it was just him just saying, I'm basically, I'm tired of all this stuff. Let's just play football tonight now and do me a favor. Okay, can we move on now? Let's play ball. And that's what his attitude was. And then when they show him there and he's just got this deadpan. Again, I was a little surprised he wasn't ripped. For it. I'm glad he wasn't because I don't think he was meant by ill intention. But uh, more stuff on that coming up maybe with that being on a Friday SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. To the side. And you admit you gained from it and you swallowed your pride. And when greed is not the compass, but love is the guide. And when the courts don't punish skin color, but punish the crime. Until then, we'll just skip the long production and stay inside. For centuries, we've been trying to make you aware. Either you're in denial or just simply don't really care. It's not a black-white thing. Or a left-right thing. Let's clean the whole bird and stop arguing about which wing. Before the media starts wondering and guessing, they just answered all your questions. We'll just stay inside. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning, 41 past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. That was part of a two-minute roughly message uh, put out by the Miami Dolphins yesterday. 18 players in all, combination of black and white players. Uh, As you heard, saying that they're not going to be standing, or at least they're not going to be coming out for the national anthem. And uh, they want basically no part of, you know, paraphrasing their words, the, the gesture uh, the insincere gesture, I suppose, of the NFL and the national anthem situation and everything else. So they're going to stay inside. So it's 
Um, it, it's the political, you know, thing, maybe, or it's a social unrest thing, maybe. I, I, I don't know what the, what their uh, angst is, but um, it seems to be permeating throughout the NFL because we saw it last night. Kansas City players came out for the national anthem. Houston Texan players did not. Um, I overall, you know, Kansas City then lined up at the goal line for the anthem, and and again the Texans were inside. Then when the Texans did come out, then they had that little moment of unity, a little moment of silence, uh, which was gre- greeted by boos from the 16,000 fans that were announced at the stadium. Uh, so, and I, and I really believe that is how America feels at this point. It does it much like those Dolphin players said. It's not about black, white, left, right, which side of the aisle you're on. Um, it, you know, they should they should be taking that message from those 15, 16,000 fans. And it's funny how Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth made no mention of that. You know, Twitter did. It was pretty obvious. Watching on TV, you heard those 16,000 fans boo. So, you know, and I think Michael has even said, like, gee, maybe they're booing the fact that the Texans aren't out there. It's like, Al, please, no, they're not. You know what they're booing? They're, they're booing. They're not taking any side in this. This, again, it, it wasn't the white fans booing or just the black fans booing. I mean, people just don't want, without taking a side, people just don't want this in sports anymore. They just don't. Whether it's right, wrong, indifferent, and in a lot of ways, the players are screwed. You know, I, I remember, you know, vividly. Michael Jordan being criticized, never takes a stand, doesn't get involved. You know, so, you know, now that the players have gotten involved, no matter what the sport, they're getting criticized. When they didn't get involved, they got criticized. You know, they they can't win for losing. It it is true. But I I think America as just a general whole is just tired of it. And and not that they're tired of the cause. Their sports has always been and always will be an outlet. Again, doesn't matter the color of your skin or what side of the aisle you're on. People want to be able to tune on a TV set and not have this stuff thrown in their faces over and over and over again. And when it is, even though, you know, I would have thought last night people would have been happy about that. You know, that's what, we, you know, the, the right, if you will, has been calling for. Right? Listen, if you're not going to stand for the national anthem, just stay in the locker room. Okay. And that's what the Houston Texans did. That's what the Miami Dolphins are saying they're going to do. So, you know, you asked us not to come out. We're not going to come out. And you still get booed. You can't win for losing here with the fans. And it's not necessarily fans taking a side. It's just they just want to have a seat. They just want to see a football game. You know, Collinsworth said it best. Let's just play ball. Let's just play ball. Let's not pick a side. Let's not have a fight. Let's not, you know, worry about this. Just for three hours, can I just turn on my TV set and watch a football game and see my money get pissed away thanks to a late field goal? Can I do that? Can I see my money? You know, do I have enough aggravation in my life with, uh, you know, the Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans offense looking like crap? and the Houston Texans defense looking even worse. Is that not enough uh, for me to have the angst that I have that I also now got to be told I'm this and I'm that, and I'm not, you know, the social unrest and all this other stuff? Again, it's, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on or the color of your skin. You know, they just want to be able to turn on their sports event and not be told that they're bad people. And, and, and that may not be fair, and it just, but I'm just telling you that's what America, that's what they're booing last night. They're not booing the moment of unity. Why would they, right? They're not idiots. You want unity. It's a good message, you know, and, and quite frankly, I think, uh, you know, the message was good last night as far as it, it wasn't necessarily just black, 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 black. It was a unity thing. That's what you've been calling for. Uh, it was an all lives matter thing. So I, I thought they handled it very well last night, to tell you the truth. And I think the Dolphins message, you know, same type of thing, um, you know, while it may come off a little brash. The instant reaction is negativity. If you listen to the message, it's like, okay, that's what we want. We want unity. 
And but America, it just it doesn't want it in sports anymore. You know, it's it's been beaten over our heads with the NBA. You know, every time you turn around, and now the NFL is trying to do the same thing, and it's just it's going to alienate people and it's going to upset people, and you're going to get the booing. You know, and then the players are going to get pissed off that the fans are booing, and it's going to be a never ending cycle. Uh, when when is it? Can we just play football and, and not necessarily have to deal with it uh, in a three hour football game? But that's overall what happened last night. You know, 16,000 fans, most of them booing during the, a moment of unity, which is supposed to be a good thing. And I don't know if the players will react to that. But, you know, kudos to the Dolphins. Again, you know, it, it may come across as a little brash sending out a two-minute message. But, you know, I think the message is good. And if they don't want to deal with, in their eyes, a, a, a you know, a phony gesture of not standing for the national anthem or – Having the black national anthem, if you will, being played, if that, that's not enough for them, you know, we've been saying, what else? What else? You know, move on from that, you know, and you can take it as the Dolphins are trying to move on from that. So uh, they decide not to come out, and and that's their right. And that's, I, you know, I kind of think what everyone wants um, rather than make a, a spectacle of it. So, but you, you can't win for losing. The players can't win for losing, and, and the fans are just, I think, fed up with it overall. So, you know, I'll I'll bring it up. You know what? I, I know it's goofy uh, with our poll question, 16 and 0. You know, early on, uh, 33% say they're going to win 14 or 15 games. 50% say 11 to 13. Now, this is early. I just posted a little while ago. Uh, 11% think they'll go undefeated at 16 and 0. And 5% think they'll, they'll uh, win 10 games or less. Uh, again, that's early, so we'll update that a couple of more times. If you look at Kansas City's schedule, and normally we would have done this with, you know, New England. And anyway, we've done it over the years with Tom Brady and everything. But you do, as a Dolphin fan, you know, you always got to look at all these teams. Okay, who's going to challenge? It's the last thing we have. As a Dolphin fan, we don't have a whole heck of a lot, Dolphin fans. You guys know it. But the one thing we do have is that undefeated season. We hold on to that like it's absolute gold. Just, just absolute gold. And, you know, I, I know it's been 40 years Heck, it's been 50 years. Wow. You know, it's been nearly 50 years. I remember that as a little. Now, do I remember? Yeah, yeah, I hate to admit that, but I do. Uh, I, I do remember the undefeated season. So it's funny. I'm only 49. I don't know how I remember that. Uh, and it's been 50 years ago, but I do. You look at their schedule. You know, it's it's not daunting. You know, it, it, unless you're a Dolphins fan. And, and, and I'm not really joking about this. It really, when you think about it. But there are four tough games on their schedule remaining, in my eyes. They play at Baltimore. They play the Chargers next week. No big deal. Then they play at Baltimore, Monday night game, September 28th. You know that's going to be a huge, huge game. Uh, on the road, you know, the fans not being there, you know, whether that plays a role or not, I don't know. Normally, you would say absolutely, but, you know, it is what it is. So you got Baltimore on the road, September 28th. They do have New England after that, but one, I don't think New England's going to be any good, and two, it's at home. Patriots are not winning in in in, in uh, Kansas City with or without fans. Then they got Las Vegas at home, no big deal. At Buffalo, you know, you want to throw that on there. I, I you know maybe with that Bills defense, I wish that game was in December. You know, when it was frigid temperatures. Not that Mahomes hasn't shown he could play in cold temperatures, but you know, you get up there in Buffalo. And windy conditions and everything like that. Maybe a little snow, some frost. That plays right into Buffalo. But, you know, you're playing in the middle of October when temperatures, you know, figure to be in the 30s or 40s at worst. Uh, I think Kansas City wins that one. 
at Denver, uh, you know, I, I know it's not easy to win at Mile High, but they've, they've won there before. Jets, Carolina, at Las Vegas. All right, so, you know, get me to another tough game, Scott. All right, then at Tampa Bay, November 29th. All right, so that's going to be a tough one with Tom Brady. Let's just say they run the table. There's a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're 10 and 0. We're all talking about you know them going undefeated. Now here comes their little difficult stretch here. This is when it gets interesting. You'll be 10 and 0. At Tampa Bay, won't be easy. They play Denver at home, no big deal. Then at Miami, now, you may be scoffing at that saying, ah, Scott, you know, why, why is that going to be a tough game? Well, because if they are undefeated, you know, they would be 11-0 and with Tampa Bay, 12-0 and with Denver. This reminds me of the Chicago Bears Monday Night Football game, you know, when the Bears uh, near undefeated season when they only lost that one game. Um, you know, this, this would be the similar scenario. It's a 1 o'clock game on CBS. I guarantee you that if... Kansas City is still undefeated. They would move that game and make it a primetime game. And then they follow that up with at New Orleans. And if you're Kansas City, as much hype that will be there for the Dolphin game because of the just undefeated season, the obvious parallel, I can't help but think they might be looking ahead towards at New Orleans the following week. So that would give the Dolphins, in my eyes, that much more of a chance to maybe knock off Kansas City. And if they should get through that little gauntlet of at Tampa Bay, Denver, at Miami, then New Orleans, then they finish up with the Falcons and Chargers. So I'm looking at at Baltimore. I'll, I'll give you at Buffalo. But again, because of the time frame, you know, at Tampa Bay for sure, as long as Brady's still healthy, at New Orleans. And then a little caveat to that Dolphin game just because of the scenario I, I, I outlined. So for maybe five if you want to count the Dolphin games. And, you know, more importantly, there's really only one at Baltimore over the next, you know, the first 10 weeks is a cakewalk for them. I mean, Vegas and Denver and the the Jets and Carolina, Vegas again, which I don't think is going to be very good. But it's Chargers on there as well. It's hard to see them not be 10-0. and I mean, if they have their focal point mindset on this season – you know, they did last night, first game, that's understandable. You know, you know, are, are they going to fall back into a little bit of a lull here, or are they going to go gangbusters on this season? Because if they do, they're going to be 10-0. and 0. And Dolphin fans, we're going to have to sweat this one out. We are going to ha- we got to really be rude. I may have to put the Wetzel Black Cloud. I'll tell you the other thing is, I don't, maybe the New Orleans game, but they're going to be favored in every single game. Even Baltimore, two weeks from now, they'll be a... You know, depending on what the Ravens do, even if the Ravens go undefeated, they'll probably be uh, two, two and a half. I would say even three point favorite at Baltimore. If Tampa Bay has a successful season in uh, November, if Kansas City's undefeated, I, I still think they would be favored by two or three. And the New Orleans one, if the Saints are rocking and rolling. Uh, they might not, and maybe fans are allowed back in the stands by then. That might be a pick 'em type of thing. But other than that, they're they're going to be favored in every single football game. Um, it's going to be tough, Dolphin fan. We're going to have to sweat this one out because that Chefs team with uh, Hilaire in the backfield now. I mean, this guy's running all over the freaking place last night. Mahomes, you know, only you know it's it's pretty sad when Pat Mahomes has an off game when he throws for three touchdowns and 211 yards. That's how good this guy is. 
I mean, that's how good this uh, Kansas City offense was and is. You know, they weren't even throwing the ball deep last night, and they still, and they still put 34 points on the board. They could have scored 50 points very easily last night. They're going to be tough. To me. Uh, I, I hope they will. They're going to be tough. To me. We're coming up. Maybe that will sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com now back to bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel The greatest fight song in the history of fight songs. By the way, I did notice that the uh, chefs do have four road games in five weeks in that little schedule that I did with the Dolphins and the uh, the Saints and everything. Johnny in Manhattan, as we hit the phones here before we, before we close out the hour number one. What's up, John? How are you today, bud? Uh, I'm fired up, Scott. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. You know, Scott, we had a symbolic moment of unity. It was called the National Anthem being played before a sporting event with everyone standing, and that was a wonderful moment. And, you know, that moment was hijacked, and it was ruined by a guy named Colin Kaepernick. And this moment, you know, alienated the fan base. It caused angst, caused agita. The military felt that they were being disrespected. And, you know, now the left wants to dictate what a symbolic moment of unity should look like. No, no, no. We had a moment of unity, and those guys ruined it. If I was in the building, I might have been booing too, Scott. Well, I mean, what what do you want them to do? I mean, you know, they didn't come out for the national anthem, so they were being booed for doing that. If they come out for the national anthem and they take a knee, they're going to be booed for that. So are you telling me, John, you have to have them stand? Is that what you're calling for? I'm, maybe I'm in the uh, Chris Collinsworth camp. Say that ten times fast. Let's just play the games, you know, enough of this. You know, the the national anthem got ruined by Kaepernick. Let's just move on, put it behind us, just let's play the games. Enough with these symbolic moments of unity. It's, it's ruined by Kaepernick. Let's just play the games, Scott. Thanks. Hi, right, John. Appreciate it. Uh, listen, I think the next step is no national anthem. I think that would be the next step, uh, unfortunately. Uh, all this coming on uh, the anniversary of 9-11, which really makes it that much more sad. More coming up, hour number two, Big of the Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.